Welcome to Season 2 of Voices from the Land, a special podcast series produced by the Legacy Hope Foundation. In this podcast series, we'll hear about Indigenous language revitalization projects and efforts to preserve and promote Indigenous languages across Turtle Island. Join us as we learn more about how Indigenous languages are helping Indigenous peoples connect, know, and remember the voices from the land. Hello and welcome to this podcast on Indigenous languages. Voices from the Land is an Indigenous languages podcast project produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Its goal is to capture more perspectives and voices on Indigenous language revitalization. We are seeking to capture a range of perspectives to better reflect the many people engaged in Indigenous language revitalization. Our aim is that by listening to teachers, adult learners, and parents or guardians of children in language classes, we can gain more insight into what are the challenges and barriers, as well as the solutions and positives. In turn, we hope this will form a larger discussion on how to support Indigenous language revitalization. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, our guest is Gabrielle Bird. Gabrielle is an adult learner of the Cree language and is from Atakakup, Cree Nation of the Treaty 6 Territory. Hello, Gabriel, and welcome. We're happy to join us today. Nice to meet you. Right on. Okay. Uh, first of all, let's uh, maybe we can ask you to talk a bit about your background, like uh, your community affiliation. I understand you're Cree. Mm, I am Cree from Group Cree Nation up in Treaty 6. My dad is a registered member, and my mom had moved up there to teach. They met. They had me while living up there and my younger sister, so we grew up in that area and up in Treaty 6 for around 14 years of my life, and then we moved down south to Regina, which is in Treaty 4 for education and high school and everything. Just for our listeners' sake, where is this uh, specifically? Is this in Alberta, Saskatchewan, geographically, where is it? Um, Atacacoop Cree Nation is in Saskatchewan. It is, where exactly would it be? It's about an hour out of Prince Albert. Okay. North of Prince Albert? Yeah. Northwest of Prince Albert. Okay. As an adult learner of uh, an indigenous language, what are some of the barriers you have faced while trying to learn your language? For me down here, it's finding someone to speak it with me. A huge one is what we speak up north is um, can vary than what is spoken down here. So generally, the only person I have to speak Cree with is my dad. And he moves too fast for me, or he gets easily frustrated. Right. From your perspective, what has worked well or has been a positive learning method or approach in your learning your language? One of my favorite approaches to learning my language has been repetition and using it. So I use it daily in my job at home. We will speak it at supper, go over words at supper, even as like we're eating or talking about our day, or as we run errands and things like that. Okay, in your language learning experience, what would you like to see change or improve? In my language learning experience, I've seen a lot. When I was starting high school down here, they were just starting to bring language classes, but it wasn't followed through on. And a big thing for me 
would be follow through. So I've done a university class on Cree, but things aren't accessible. And that's another huge thing for me is accessibility in language, being able to access it. Are there not like, uh, I mean, it takes Saskatchewan, uh, especially in northern Saskatchewan, up where you come from, north of Alberta. I mean, the, Saskatchewan is a big Cree country and uh, or territory. I'm surprised to hear sure that, is. you know, uh, people are uh, not speaking as well, that you're having a hard time speaking uh, or, you know, that there are even uh, a lack of opportunities to, to learn and and to grow. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Like uh, it being a, a, a barrier, I guess, not being able to speak it uh, widely or more often. Is that uh, a big problem in, in, in your area? I find it is. It's definitely a disconnecting thing as well to join a language class and know that like, you might not have be speaking is right down here is another big thing I've found. There's differences in what's spoken in northern Saskatchewan and southern Saskatchewan, which can be another barrier and can be like a blow as a learner to be told, oh, you're not saying that correctly, or you you speak it differently than we do down here. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a different dialect. Not even dialect. We're still why it's just spoken differently in different slang and inflection. It's usually up here, when you hit PA is when you hit your Cree and Dene being spoken freely. So that's how I know I'm home. Right. Yeah. Are there any other barriers? Uh, lack of uh, lack of opportunity to speak it. Uh, what about your community? Are there uh, how how uh, how much of it is Cree spoken in your community? I'm honestly not sure. I know my reserve. It's most likely less, and it's generally the older people who speak it. I know the neighboring reserve speaks it more. Right. Um, it wasn't something that my parents necessarily spoke all the time at home when I was a child because it wasn't, revitalization wasn't as much of a priority as, as it is now, and that's an, absolutely another barrier that I can think of. Right. From your perspective, what has worked well or has been a positive learning method or approach in you learning your language? I did a Cree class on Zoom with the assembly of seven generations from out east. That was a lot of fun to jump in and listen to out west Alberta's Cree and learn how to speak and listen to others. That was another great approach to it that I really did enjoy. What uh, can you expand on that? What is the seven generations? Um, the Assembly of Seven Generations was a is a youth organization based out of Ottawa. Yeah, youth led nonprofit organization that focuses on culture support and empowerment. And they were really vital in learning my language and having an interest and taking an interest in it. What would they do? Like what? What uh, describe what? Uh... What you would do with um our instructor sky was really great and there's been we take part in songs the weather numbers i missed out on it but i believe there was like a game of jeopardy involved which is a great way to engage learners and it's something that i do in my day-to-day job is utilizing things like those 
but I wouldn't necessarily think about it in Learning Cree. You want to repeat that? Uh, I didn't catch, quite catch that. You said something about a method. It's methods that I would use in my day-to-day life as an educator, but I would not think to use it to learn language. In your learning language experience, what would you like to see change or improve? I would like to see more opportunities to be able to learn the language. Something that I think about and sits with me is how we have to pay for it in university for a language class, for resources. That would be another huge one. I would like to see more resources for children. I would like to see more resources for teens. I would really enjoy more community organizations that are geared towards language revitalization in community. Like community programs, uh, community language programs? Is that what you mean? Yep, community engagement and community programs. I'm writing North Central, but right. things aren't necessarily accessible as a student and work schedule and everything. So right. Flexibility is also another thing. Flexibility, do you say? Yes, absolutely. What we do you mean flexibility. By, that? Um, by, by flexibility, I mean more diversity and different ways of being able to learn the language. Okay. And more opportunities in various ways and times. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I understand you're a student. Are you going to university now? Yes, I do. What are you studying? I am studying social work. Previously, I've studied psychology, and I also have studied early childhood education. I'm almost completed a course in being a victim service, uh, working in victim services advocacy. And where are you doing this? Um, in Prince Albert or Saskatoon? Uh, no, down in Regina. Okay. So are you in Regina now? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm just trying to get the picture of uh, your situation. You're from uh, <laughs> northern, uh, Prince Al- northern Prince Albert. You're going to university in Regina. And you're trying yeah, we to, moved. Your family moved? Um, yeah, my mom, my dad, and sister, we all moved. To Regina? Yep. Okay, okay. In Regina, are there no, uh, are there, what's the uh, language learning situation like in Regina? Generally, um, what I found has just been the university classes. There's no, uh, there's no pre-language uh, programs? Not that I've found so far, generally. If there is, they're during what? the daytime, which means I haven't necessarily sucked pieced them out. Why do you think that is? That uh, there's no, uh, there's lack of pre uh, language programs, uh, especially in a city like Regina. I think we may not necessarily be in the place to have language programs prominently. Because right now we are working on other things, like for some people, it's meeting basic needs still in, the, especially this neighborhood, and I know right. in the surrounding area and out of the university as well. Yeah, but in your community, your whole community, are there no uh, 
what's the community like in terms of is, is language revitalization a priority in the community are you, that you're that you're aware of i know that my older cousins are working towards it for sure and i know that this um the high school and the elementary are okay um so, i was just an in-between generation baby um between my older cousins and then their kids so i missed stuff <laughs> by the um being born in a funny age right what would you say is the most important thing to keep in mind when learning your indigenous language or when you're, you know, embarking on learning and you want to learn your indigenous language? What do you think people should keep in mind that's important? To be open. It's not going to be easy. It really won't be easy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to make you frustrated. But also there's going to be times that words will click in your mind. And then you'll think of it in English, but you'll also think of it in Cree or another language. And then you'll have that like aha moment of all this work that I am going through and doing is starting to be understood. Right. Are there any uh, indigenous language initiatives or projects happening in your community, either in Regina or in your uh, home community? On the reserve of Ataka Coop? Mm, I do believe, uh, I have not seen anything in Regina as of late. I do believe on Ataka Coop they sometimes will have um, speaker circles with the older people, but I haven't been home for a couple of years due to COVID, even to visit. Right. Yeah, it's, it's happening all over, all over it, it is. the world, it actually. Is. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of put a, Put a stop on a lot of a lot of stuff that's been happening, and on in small communities, it's a big challenge in small communities. I find because it's so dangerous. You know, uh, I mean, COVID can wipe out a whole community. My last question is: uh, Do you have any recommendations for people who want to learn their indigenous language? Um, some of my recommendations include talking to your older family about the language to learn, keeping what you've learned as a child and utilizing that and not letting it go. Because I, I know that I did just um, from not speaking it and not having that rote mem memorization and that opportunity. And something that I really wish I had had was learning more from my great-grandmother, who had taught herself how to speak Cree, and from my Kirkham, but it just wasn't in the cards. Was Cree ever, like, do you ever recall it being spoken in your house as a child? Yeah. Um, so my dad can speak fluently. Um, he just gets very easily frustrated with all of us, and my mom learned how to speak teaching our reserve. So we did numbers, we did animals. But that was generally where it would stop with us as kids. And now my younger sister has moved to work out in northern Quebec. So it's just me speaking it with my dad every now and again. Right. Did you unfortunate thing is I don't have much family down here generally to speak with. Right. Yeah. You don't hear it often spoken in Regina with uh, among the native people there. 
Not generally, no. Yeah. Did your parents go to residential school? My father is a day school survivor. My Kokum and my deceased Mushong were both residential school survivors. And I do believe that my Mushong Andrew, who raised my dad with my with Mary Alice, was a residential school survivor as well, most likely. Do you have any final thoughts uh, you'd like to share with us? Uh this podcast interview well i'm really grateful for the opportunity to talk about this and discuss language revitalization it is something that i want to take part in and i'm really hopeful that someday we will be speaking it more and more okay thank you very much gabriel thank you for being with us today and on behalf of legacy hope foundation i'd like to thank you again for uh taking the time to do this with us legacy Thank you for the opportunity. Have a good day. Voices from the Land is a podcast project produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Music is provided by David Finkel. For more episodes like this and to learn more about the work we are doing, please visit www.legacyofhope.ca.